Welcome to Real Deep Stuff. We've saved your seat at the table for this conversation. We're so glad you're here. Hey everybody, it is Christy here and I wanted to just jump on today and I don't know, talk a little bit about what happens when Christmas doesn't go as planned. And I think we can all think back in our memories of times where maybe we had like close to perfect Christmases and other times, most of the times when it wasn't anywhere near that. And how can we make things a little different this year? So I thought I'd share, be the first one to share as you're maybe thinking back in your head about your life and your family histories with holidays and Christmas in particular. I will say a little shout out uh, Santa warning on here. We'll be bringing him up. So maybe don't play this in, in front of kids. So anyway, um, I have had an interesting potpourri or salad, whatever you want to call it, of, of Christmases. So growing up, our family was known for just disastrous holidays, whether they were summer vacations, family trips, or holidays. Just nothing ever went right. Like nothing ever went right. I look back on Easter photos, and as a child, I have this giant black and blue goose egg in the middle of my forehead for like several Easter's in a row. I don't remember Maybe that's a pun because it was on my head. <laughs> Evidently, something hit me or I hit my head on something. I don't remember what caused it, but like every year I had this giant goose egg on, on my forehead, which I know was a stressor for my mom. Our family vacations and summer vacations were just wrought with, oh, I don't know, car batteries exploding, sand fleas at the beach, red tide at the beach. Just, I mean, it just like never ended. Don't even get me started on the one and only camping trip we ever went on. And it took me until I was an adult to go on another one. So probably why I have an RV now, because I don't really ever want to do the tent thing again. But anyway, so as a child, I just remember two times when it was given away that, you know, who Santa is. So my sister and I would share a bed every night on, on every Christmas Eve night. It's just kind of fun, you know, sit there and talk about, oh, I hope we get this, you know, putting out the cookies and milk and all that. And and in one year, um, we're laying there. It was a very small house. It was a ranch house, one story. Uh, it was really small. Like the only reason they made it made it a, like a decent size was, was because the people before us. It was a 1930 something house, old house. The someone that owned it before us turned the like garage into an extra family room, so that gave like a little bit more room. The kitchen you could walk through it in, I think, four steps. So like tiny <laughs> and anyway, so everything's all close together and the bedrooms are all on one side and then it was like the living room and kitchen and that extra family room was on the other. So all of a sudden, and it, there's no privacy in the house because it's hardwood floors that are ancient. So everything creaks and all that. So my sister and I are laying there in bed and we, we, we hear and she and I had both hoped that we would get Merlin. I don't know if you remember Merlin, like one of the very first like 1.0 kind of electronic handheld games. And that was my mom putting in the, when she put the batteries in, she didn't realize that it, the power was on. So when she did it exactly when walking by my sister's room where we were sleeping, we hear, and we're like, 
we got Merlin. But there was also like part of me was just kind of like, oh, that was mom. <laughs> but I never told her. I don't think my sister ever told her that we heard that happen. We were super excited that night, though, because we were just like, yeah, we got what we wanted. I do remember the first year for real that I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute about the Santa thing, because I am old enough to remember days before UPC barcodes when things didn't have that barcode on them. And they actually had like, you know, paper sticker prices on them. I mean, I'm not that old, but just a lot of has changed in my lifetime for technology to, in my defense. So anyway, I remember the first Christmas morning when I looked down and the things that were under the tree had barcodes on them. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Santa doesn't use barcodes because his elves make everything in the North Pole. So what is this? <laughs> this is store-bought. And all the blinders fell off and I was like, oh. <laughs> Again, I never wanted to disappoint my mom, so I never told her about that. But um, those are two things as a, as a kid that I remember. Um, I don't know if they're either funny or not funny, but they're just part of my life history. One of them, uh, my, my last like uh, kid one that I'll share, I have a couple. One was when my step-grandparents came for Christmas, and I never knew them that well because they lived out of state, and I just knew that I liked her. She was a nice woman who didn't talk a lot. She was maybe all of like four and a half feet tall, and tiny little thing, maybe weighed 80 pounds, maybe, and she taught piano lessons in their basement. So I loved whenever the rare chance we got to visit them, I would go down the basement and just... I don't know, the smell of like musty mothballs and seeing all these pianos sitting around, these like giant, these silent giants and learning what a metronome was. And I don't think we ever got to play them because I don't think she wanted us to mess them up because they were her profession. But still, it was kind of fun to go down there and check it out. I do remember one thing I did not like about going there. Well, first I'll tell you the thing I really liked about going there was that we got to sleep in the attic. And so before you think that's like the start of a horror movie, no, no, no. It was a finished attic and it was all like cedar, like everything, the walls, the floor, the ceiling. So it smelled amazing. And it was just this cool space, kind of like, you know, what you'd see in the movies, like a little hideaway clubhouse thing. So that's where my sister and I would sleep in. It wasn't very big, but it was just really neat to just be able to say, like, I'm sleeping in the attic because our attic in Florida, mm-mm-mm-mm. The only thing that slept up there were about a million roaches, so, and it's about a million degrees, so no, thank you. So that was really cool. Um, the thing that wasn't so cool about staying with them is she made breakfast for us, which always was served in a teal, very old plastic cup. You can kind of tell when plastic cups get old, you know, you just almost start to like smell the plastic. And the breakfast was raw eggs, like, like whisked together. I don't know what else she put in there. I just remember looking at my mom and my mom looking at me with almost tears in her eyes, like, I'm so sorry. But I was in their house and had to do it their way. And gulping down those gelatinous globs of raw egg. Um, no, mm -mm. nope, nope, nope. We'll never do that again. <laughs> so 
<laughs> not to mention, like, you know, the big thing today is, like, don't eat raw eggs. I'm like, well, how about drinking a couple of them? Ugh. Anyway, so they came for Christmas one year, and I was still a kid. And um, I did not know at the time about a bunch of family conflict going on, a lot of drama, a lot of people being extra. And thankfully, if I heard anything, I don't remember it, but I was pretty shielded from any of that going on. And just for privacy's sake, I won't go into it, but it was pretty big stuff and like, like game-changing stuff. And so... They came and all I remember is, I think they had to sleep on the, maybe I slept on the couch and they took our room, my room or something like that. I remember just kind of people lying everywhere because it's, again, very small house. It had to kind of do like um, musical beds a little bit. But I remember my mom saying after they left that she was like, never again. I'm never doing this again. And I was like, wow. To know my mom, like, everybody loved her. <laughs> everybody loved her. In fact, I think maybe I've said it before, but she had, to at, to that point in 1987, the largest attended funeral of a of the largest cemetery in Tampa ever was for her. And so, really, truly, everybody loved her. So, for her to be like, that was miserable. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> it just must have been really bad on, on her side. So for that, I'm maybe glad that she shielded me from what she did. But one thing she couldn't shield me from, unfortunately, was... Um, so I am a big animal lover. I would own all the animals in the world, including reptiles. But I have more common sense than that, so, <laughs> so I don't. But, like, I would own all of them. So uh, I kind of remember like wearing my mom down. I wanted a rabbit. I wanted a bunny so bad. And we already had a dog and a cat, but I really wanted a bunny. So I just kind of broke her down over a while, you know, just kids have a knack for that and just whining, you know, just kind of those subtle inferences, you know, that kind of thing. And so for whatever reason, she said, fine, you can have a bunny, but it's your Christmas present. So we went to the pet store. I can still see that pet store in my mind's eye. I remember it didn't smell that great. It was kind of small, but I was like, ha, I don't care. I'm getting a bunny. So I got to pick out Velvet, a little gray bunny rabbit. Uh, my mom's favorite st like storybook was the Velveteen Rabbit. And so I named this little bunny Velvet because my world was pretty small at that time. No internet. <laughs> so I'm like, that sounds good. So Velvet it was. And I, it was two weeks before Christmas, and I loved going outside because the cage and all that was outside um, under some trees and everything. We had it all set up very nice, and um, I would go out there every day after school and just, you know, feed Velvet, play with Velvet, just love, love, love life, knowing it was like was my Christmas present. So Christmas morning, you know, Santa came and left a carrot in the stocking. And I'm like, that's all, more than looking under the tree for anything for me, I was just so excited to go give Velvet her carrot. So I go running out there in my Christmas pajamas and I look and I'm like, wake up, wake up. I'm like, wow, Velvet's like really stretched out sleeping. And I put my little fingers through the cage and I was like, okay, Something's really wrong. 
and Velvet had passed away over on Christmas Eve overnight sometime and was like rigor mortis, like fully stretched out. So I go running into the house. I'm like, mom, and she's, and she's, I can remember she's at the stove of our tiny little kitchen. She's stirring hot chocolate and I'm all upset. I'm just hysterical. I'm like, mom, and she's like, what? And I'm like, Velvet's dead. And it was more than the loss of the rabbit, more than this was my Christmas present, <laughs> like that was it. It was the look on her face, like it was a it was a cross between horror and and like a you gotta be kidding me kind of annoyed. Like really, Christmas morning we've had this rabbit for two weeks and it dies on Christmas Eve while we're sleeping. And I'll just never forget the look on her face and feeling more than my loss because she was like, no more rabbits. <laughs> so we didn't get any more pets after that. Um, and I get it. I mean, I was sad, but I kind of understood it was a big deal. So more than my own loss, it was like looking at her face as mom looking at me, knowing she couldn't fix it. She couldn't fix it. It's not like the toy needed new batteries. Like the rabbit was dead and that was Christmas morning. That is not how anybody thought that that was gonna go. And her pain of not being able to fix it as a, as a parent in my heart, like overrode my own loss of my pet, my new pet. And that was a weird Christmas, honestly. I mean, what do you do after that? You bury it? And so we went back to the pet store after Christmas and my mom was just really mad. And she was like, you sold us a sick rabbit. And they gave us our money back. They offered to give us another rabbit. My mom was like, absolutely not. <laughs> We're not doing this again. And they gave us our money back. And that was that. So that was Christmas. Like what? Not really the stuff that <laughs> you maybe wanna wanna remember. Um, and on the line of my mom, the last one I'll share from childhood. And it's not like they were they were all bad, but none of them ever went according to plan ever. This one's kind of hard. So. <sighs> Back in the day when you go to the mall for things before Amazon and the internet and all that, I guess people still go to the mall. I don't, but um, I guess people do. Well, my mom and my sister and I went to Woolworths and picked out new winter coats. And in Florida, you really don't need them that often. So when you buy one, it's good for like 10 years because <laughs> you're going to wear it maybe a handful of times out of the year. And so we got matching ones, matching ones that were different colors, but same style and everything. And I can so remember that day of just going through racks and racks of coats and trying them on and how like cluttered and messy the dressing rooms were and just the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. And we had to put them on layaway because my mom as a secretary was struggling with two teenage daughters to provide. So we put them on layaway back when delayed gratification was a thing. <laughs> you know, what is that today, right? <laughs> and <clears throat> I was really looking forward to that coat, you know, and um, 
and she passed away between the time we picked the coats out and Christmas. And my grandmother being the rock that she was, because this was her daughter, she wrapped them up and had them for us on Christmas Day. And I gotta say, that was one of the most surreal moments I've ever had in my life because my mom had only been gone a few months and looking at these coats was like time traveling back to that day in Lulworths with her and the fun that that was and the fact that they were matching and it really wasn't at all the same as much as my grandmother tried so hard to make that year of firsts without my mom. You know, first birthday, first Christmas, first Easter, you have to go through the whole year of firsts, learning how you're going to live without <clears throat> the person that you love so much being a part of it. And she did such a good job trying to make that livable for us. I mean, I lived with my grandparents for three years when she died. So I just remember looking at that, um, that Christmas jacket, that winter coat, just thinking like, this isn't the way it should be. It should be my mom giving me this. And I mean, admit the world to me, don't get me wrong, that, that my grandmother would get them out of layaway and hold on to them and wrap them. And I can only imagine the pain that that was for her to have to do that role with her own grieving and loss. And I just owe her so much a debt of gratitude for everything that she did um, just to soften the blow a little bit. But the facts are the facts. And that was the fact that she was no longer there. And this coat was, was from someone that no longer walked this earth. And it just wasn't the way it was supposed to be. So that was a really hard, hard, hard Christmas. But if we turn the page now to adulthood, because I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> I remember as a young mom, one of our kids had this weird problem, weird meaning I don't understand it medically. It's not a weird problem. It's just I, I'm ignorant to what the cause was. But the temperature would just fluctuate radically. Like literally within like five minutes, it can go from 103 down to like 80. I wasn't kidding. I just kept taking their temperature over and over. I'm like, is it the thermometer? So we'd get another thermometer. I'm like, what in the world? So the, our child had this like uh, temperature dysregulation for a while and it was super scary. More than it going too high, was it going too low? you know, hypothermic, like what happens if we go to bed and they go hypothermic, you know, that because when they it's too high, it's so uncomfortable, they're usually upset and crying and clinging and whining and all that kind of thing. But hypothermia, you just go to sleep, right? So that was really, really stressful. That was not how baby's first Christmas was supposed to be. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be like that. Coming home from the Christmas Eve service at our church and one minute I'm putting every piece of clothes on them and the next minute I'm taking it all off of them and putting them in a cool bath. Like it was just wildly unpredictable and scary for a new mom. Again, before the internet, before you could Google anything or whatever. And 
it was just like, wow, okay, this is a this is a whole stress ball that is in the middle of Christmas that I didn't anticipate. Um, there was another time when, uh, you know, as a parent, you want to give good gifts to your kids, good meaning whatever, like they're into that day or that year. And so one year, our son was really into Toy Story. And I remember the links that we went through to make sure that Woody from Santa was, was going to be correctly operational, which meant we had to test the batteries. But in our home, where are you going to do that? Because he has particularly intuitive good hearing. <laughs> I call them satellite ears because this, to this day he's in his 20s. You can't do or say anything around him that he does not hear. So I remember going up like to the other side of the house upstairs and like basically burying Woody under a bunch of pillows and I mean just going to crazy lengths to be able to like pull the string and and have our son not hear Woody. <laughs> so that was I just remember the, the stress and angst of like ah <laughs> are we having fun yet? <laughs> you know kind of thing. Just like when I was waiting on our daughter's American Girl doll to come. And shipping was delayed and you know that was the only thing she wanted that year and just thinking you know because her friends and her and her cousins everybody was getting American Girl dolls and I was like we must get Emily on time <laughs> and just that kind of hand-wringing anxiety over like this is this is my child's present like oh my gosh please 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 come on we need to get you here and then for our other son he's he is definitely the hardest person to buy gifts for. I, I don't know why. I just, he has interests in things, but as a kid, it was really hard to get anything out of him, like exactly anything he wanted. And one year he just, he just didn't give me any ideas. Like, I don't know. I, I would ask him over and over, you know, what's on your Christmas list, that kind of thing. So I bought him, I don't know what else to buy him. So I bought him a safe because <laughs> I thought, well, if you don't want any new treasures, then you could safely keep the ones that you have in them. And, the, and I just saw that little look on his face. He was, he was, um, he's a very tender-hearted guy. He would never intentionally do anything to hurt his mama. He is just a mama's boy, and I love that. But I just saw this look of underwhelming on his face, <laughs> like it's a safe. You can't play with it. You can't build it. You can't destroy it. What do you do with it? And I think I was just overthinking. I was, I was, I gave him too much of an adult present, I suppose. And, and, and then I felt really bad about that. But, um, but anyway, and then the, probably the one that goes down in our family history of, of, odd experiences is when my husband's brother and his wife and their two boys came for Christmas. They were flying in and then hit my husband's mom and dad. His parents were coming up, driving up. And it was exciting because we were the host house and we're going to have everybody here. A nice big full house. Just what I love. I love, I love loud and managed chaos. I love all that. I don't like quiet homes. They make me sad. But anyway, so, uh, Flying in on the plane, our our extended family, I all we can deduce is that they came in contact with some wicked stomach virus. Because by the time they got here and it was gonna be close to bedtime, 
I will not name who it was, but one of them started violently throwing up to the point where if you were downstairs in the kitchen, you heard them upstairs in the bathroom. It was, it was off the chain. Like, I'm like, are you throwing up your shoes yet? I mean, it was bad. And so I'm watching my in-laws and my mother-in-law was getting all freaked out about that. And I was like, well, we've already been around everybody. So we're kind of already exposed to each other. What, what can we do now? All we can do is hope for the best. And <laughs> the next, that was Christmas Eve. The next morning, it's, it's Christmas morning. We are opening presents. Got hot chocolate and cider on the stove. We read the birth of Christ. Santa came. We're in the middle of the festivities, all in our jammies, you know, the whole thing. The one that had gotten sick was no longer throwing up. They could be part of what we were doing, just not eating or drinking anything. <laughs> and all of a sudden we hear this sound. We hear thump, 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 thump. And I look at my husband and I'm like, what is that? And he's like, I don't know. Where's that coming from? Thump, 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 thump. And I'm like, I think it's coming from upstairs. And we look up <laughs> and his parents have, they are walking down the stairs with their luggage and their luggage is thumping down the stairs. And we all just kind of stopped. Christmas music still playing, blah, blah, blah. And I, we're like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're leaving. And <laughs> we said, why? <laughs> and my mother-in-law had just gotten it in her head that they could not be there one more second because they were going to catch that stomach virus and they weren't going to be able to drive home and the world was going to end. So they were going to leave. And I, and I tried to reassure them. I said, we've already been around each other for 14 hours. Like, I think we're kind of one big Petri dish at this point. And look, they're better. The person's not violently throwing up anymore. Like, they're not going to die. So, do you really have to go? <laughs> and my father-in-law, who was made of pure gold, would do anything for his bride. They were married, I think it was 44 years before he passed away. And it was just, she was dead set. They had to leave because they had to be well to drive home. And <laughs> just, and we're, like, we literally have, like, bows and wrapping paper on the floor and everything. And the dog's chewing her little bone from the stocking. And they're packing the car. And they go. They they go. They leave. And we all just sat there, like, what just happened? Did they really leave in the middle of everything? And they did. And although it was shocking and confusing, and we were all befuddled at what was happening, like, what is happening? Um, we, we, we so laugh about it now. It is a family joke now because who does that? <laughs> who just leaves in the middle of opening presents and, and drives 10 hours to go home? <laughs> That's just, and didn't tell us, didn't, didn't give us any warning. Like they snuck upstairs to pack and did it all without us realizing. It's just the weirdest thing. And we do laugh about that now. I mean, I'm sad that they missed out on the rest of the Christmas holiday, like of all of it, but um, that was their choice. So we can laugh about it now. And then there's times when maybe Christmas requires some forgiving. I'm sure I'm not 
talking to anyone else who's been through anything like this, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Christmas morning, my, my oldest is opening his stocking from Santa and in it, there is this like, um, really cool. I don't know if they make him anymore. He's super into Legos. Just he's a Lego lifer. And it was this thing that was like a Lego, almost like a Pez meets Lego. So it was really cool. This little doohickey thing that you kind of build Legos. It was a plastic structure. It was just the coolest, most unique thing I've ever seen of Legos. And that was in his stocking. And so he's tearing through his stocking. He finds it and he's just like, oh, wow. Oh, man, it's so cool, you know. And my mother-in-law looks at me. We're all sitting together, together on the ground with him and his stocking. And she says, it would be you, Christy, to find something really neat like that. <laughs> I just like looked at her. Because I think he was about four. And I looked at her like, you mean Santa found that? And she still didn't get it. She's like, no, I mean, where did you find that? And Mr. Satellite Ears is catching everything. So I think um, pretty much he was four when, uh, when the big reveal was that. So, and I was so mad at her. I was so, I was just like, cannot take you anywhere. Like, I mean, why did you have to say that? Why did you have to say that in front of him? You, you forgot your audience. You lost your filter. And I had to work through as a young mom, he was our first, uh, just working through the forgiveness about like, wow, thanks for just ruining his childhood and my parenthood in this way. Thanks for that. And be, to be honest, it took a while to kind of get past it, get over it. Um, I think we could probably all have stories about when things kind of went sideways for one reason or another, things that we could control or couldn't control or people, words were said, things were done, things didn't happen. Oh, this is a fun one. Just last year, last Christmas <laughs> was this freakish, like cold storm, like a winter storm that came through. And not only did it get so cold, like so cold, but we also lost power on Christmas morning, which meant for us and all the homes around us, we didn't have power on Christmas morning, you know, to do anything, no coffee, no cider, um, but no heat, right? <laughs> so we're all like bundled up. Well, we many, 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 like, like 13 years ago, we, we put a pool in our house, an, an in-ground pool. And it's never been a problem. There's safeguards in there for things like there's a copper ring under the ground that, that outlines the whole pool in case lightning were to strike. It would, the copper absorbs it. So that's good. And then there's like these shutoff systems in place for, for extreme weather, extreme cold. But you need power to run the pump. So because it got so cold and the power went out, Guess what happened to all the above ground pipes? Yep, they all split and cracked. <laughs> so bad, so bad. It was going to be so much money to re basically had to be rebuilt. So my husband took it on as a spring project and by golly, he, it took him a very long time, but he rebuilt 
the entire above ground piping system for the pool because it's just something we couldn't afford to fix. And so even as, as current as last Christmas, <laughs> I was like, man, I'd be fine not to have any hot food. I just, please don't let the pool pipes crack. Oh my gosh. It was a big, big deal. So yep, things just are gonna go not the way we planned. So why have I told you about all these things? And trust me, I could go on, but I don't wanna bore you. <laughs> so, and right now, you're probably going, yeah, I could one up you on a lot of these. <laughs> so, and I honestly would love to hear your stories, um, either to hold hands and lean on shoulders or for the hard stuff or laugh with the stuff that wasn't funny then but is now. Um, so yeah, I am just trying to remind myself and everybody that there is no such thing as a perfect holiday. There will be things that just don't go right. Recipes won't turn out right. Kids will get sick. Batteries won't work. Oh no, I hope not. Pets may not make it through like my rabbit. I mean, it's just going to happen because we live in a broken world. We live in an imperfect world. So why would we ever think that there's going to be a perfect holiday? And I wish that someone had told the younger me to just relax. Relax about the things you cannot control, like shipping delivery times. <laughs> cannot do a thing about that. There's so much that we just can't control, but what we can control is our response to it. And the younger me would let every little thing, because I had these, these just unattainable expectations of Hallmark moments, right? This just Norman Rockwell life that I wanted for my kids of what I didn't get with my crazy messed up childhood. And... Anytime something started to go sideways, I felt it completely through my whole person. I would get headaches, like it would consume my mind. I'd get heart palpitations, sweaty palms, prickly back of the neck, dry mouth. You know what I'm saying? I would get upset, not outwardly. I wasn't, trust me, I wasn't like the drama queen, but like, Inside, it would eat me alive. Like I couldn't sleep at night. I would eat out of being upset. Um, those kind of things. I was kind of a passive um, upsetter. Is that a, is that a thing? <laughs> and like I didn't want my issues to be put on anybody else. I, I know that my husband could always read the room and feel all my um, anxiety energy, but. Other than that, I tried really hard to hide it from everybody, but I don't know if I did a good job or not. But anyway, so just any anything that was going to make the plan go off plan, I'd just be undone. Like the year when our kids were in school and we went and bought our live Christmas tree like we always do. And we had a great night, you know, decorating the tree, putting the lights on, the ornaments, whose turn was it to put the angel on top, all that kind of stuff. Just had a, a magical night, you know, putting the Christmas tree up. And over time, within like a week, that Christmas tree started to really die fast. I mean, die, die fast. It was turning brown every time you walked by it, an ornament would fall off. 
I could not keep up with all the needles falling off. And at some point, I had to realize that this thing was like a fire hazard. It was literally brown. And it was going to ruin our like special breakable ornaments. So while the kids were in school one day, I had to take apart the entire tree. Had to take every single ornament off, the angel off, the tree skirt out from under it, undo all the lights, while the whole thing's just falling apart in my hands. Don't you know that I put that in the back of our minivan and I took it back to the store where we bought it. And I was like, yo, this tree is not going to make it till Christmas and it might burn my house down. So I actually had to go buy a whole new tree by myself, get it home, set it up, put the lights on, the ornament on, the angel on, all before the kids came home from school and never knew what happened. It's just one of those things that you do as a mom because, well, it's just got to get done. And it's okay if no one ever knows. It's what we do. But if we can't get a handle on our own feelings and emotions, it really just kind of ruins the holiday for ourselves. And if we let things get to us too strongly, if we set our expectations too high, if we let ourselves get annoyed by every little thing, then every little thing is going to annoy us and we'll be constantly disappointed. So there's real grace and a gift in letting ourselves kind of harness the anxiety and disappointment that we're going to feel. And although my intentions were good as a wife and a mom and all the other roles, sister, friend, all those things, I I just seemed to set myself up for disappointment over and over because I had unrealistic expectations of what I wanted out of myself or from someone else or out of the holiday in general. So this was a real struggle for me. I was just disappointed just over and over and over. And then I finally realized somewhere along the way that I get to control what I'm disappointed about. I get to control that. Really, truly, life doesn't hand me the bag of lemons and says, all right, now you be disappointed with this. It's just handing me the bag of lemons going, I don't know what you want to do with this, but here you go. So I just decided, I started thinking, wow, we have choices in this world, not only about what we do and say, but but how we think and feel that dictates what we do and say. And I started really enjoying that. It's not that I've gone to the other extreme and not like some control freak now over everything, but I'm just saying like, I'm just so much more relaxed, just so much more relaxed because every little thing is not the end of the world. It's just not. And Seriously, I can riddle off all of these holidays or Christmases that I just told you about way easier and quicker than trying to remember the ones that all just were just fine. They were fine. No, nothing happened. They were fine. I do remember getting my sister and I got the Barbie dream house one year. That was pretty cool. And I think I remember getting some roller skates, metal roller skates, but that may have been for my birthday. But that's like it. Like it's, it's so funny how we want things to go so smoothly and perfectly, but you know something? There are rarely any big memories created out of that. It's all just fine. It's good. It's fine. Instead, when you have relatives heating up their shoelaces and and in-laws walking out in the middle of everything and having to go in and tell my mom that my rabbit died, like Why is it so easy for me to remember all of those so quickly, but the other ones that were just uneventful were simply uneventful. They were fine. 
So I don't wish for bad things. I don't want bad things, but I've kind of learned to embrace it. And, and now I've gotten to the point where in the middle of something like that, I'm almost able to see like ahead into the future and be like, it's not funny now, but it will be one day. And certainly that doesn't apply to everything. I mean, the, the first year with uh, losing my mom, like that was just awful. That will never be anything but awful. And the Christmas Eve that I spent in ICU with my granddad, um, my husband, sister, and her husband, and my grandmother, how we took turns in ICU. And I, I brought, you know, a cassette player with Christian or um, Christmas music and little like banana muffins with little Christmassy plates and napkins, trying to salvage, save some type of Christmas and then spending just saying, oh dear God, don't let my granddad die on Christmas Day. Don't let his death overshadow Christ's birth. And so all Christmas, you know, morning um, and day, we just, it was awful. We spent it at the hospital and that's a whole nother story. And, and the Lord took him home on December 26th in the morning. And I just remember thinking, I'm so grateful that you waited one extra day. Thank you. That was an answer to my request to not have it be on Christmas Day. So trust me, there is not everything will be funny later. Some things are just hard and difficult and sad and bad. And that is that is what we have to sit with and we have to work through. We have to heal through that and um, but the other stuff, all this, honestly, the things that, that aren't like life threatening and health threatening and all that, the things with, you know, trying to get Woody's batteries to test and all that for the things that aren't pivotal to life and death, all the other things that we tend to get our panties in such wads over the things like the recipe kind of oh, I didn't have this ingredient for it, so I'm just gonna throw it away. Don't throw it away, just just eat it. Eat it without it, improvise. Google what is the substitution for it. I've done that so many times. Um, there's just ways to work around the holidays that we are not like ruining it for ourselves in the process. And I'm speaking to everybody, but if you're a mom, like you have that nurturing heart where you just kind of caretaking everybody and then maybe forget about yourself a little bit. So this, the two things that I want to um, just suggest are do these three things. One is prioritize your list. It's only the beginning of December. Your calendar might already be super busy with like things and parties and places and, you know, all that stuff that you got to do. But it's still early December. So prioritize your list of not only what you think is important, but ask God what he thinks is important. This year, he specifically told me to be more, um, this year is like intentional with people in their hearts. I'm not a material person. Um, gifts is not particularly my love language, but I love like giving thoughtful gifts and like being like, how in the world did you ever no, or think of this. I love that, that he's told me this year. He's like, don't focus so much of your time on that because there's some people, there's some people that I'm going to bring in your life that, that need that hug, either verbal or, or literal hug. And so I'm reprioritizing literally how I'm planning my, my schedule. And I won't be sitting endlessly online trying to come up with that absolute perfect, perfect gift if it, if it means 
that I get to spend extra time with that person being fully present, rested, <laughs> you know, eyes not crossed and bags under them, like making memories, making memories. That's what's so important. So prioritize, okay? And then make a plan. With the things that you prioritize, make a plan, write it down. I am a notorious note scratcher. I use backs of envelopes. I tear off pieces of copy paper that only maybe half the page was printed and the other half would be thrown away. I'm just, I just, I'm a scrap note taker and I have them everywhere and that works for me. Or maybe you use your phone or your computer or something like that, but make a plan. Make a plan, and if you and if you have to move something from a from a Monday to a Thursday, it's okay. It's okay. Just move it to the Thursday. You know, be flexible in your plan. Is my point. Just be flexible because if we stay rigid and it has to be this way or no way, well, life is not perfect, and you're just going to be disappointed again. And the third thing would be to rest, to get your sleep. Seriously, if I were to ask my kids, can you remember every present I ever stayed up till three in the morning wrapping for you? They'd say like, no, <laughs> no. So get your rest because it's so more important. What they will remember is, you know, um, their parents being like excited and part of things, not slumped over in the corner, half asleep and just waiting to go to bed. So we are going to prioritize the things that are important. We're going to plan it out with flexibility baked in and we're going to rest. And maybe that if you're just like, there's no possible way to get eight or nine hours of sleep. It's not going to happen. Okay. You can also rest by just sitting down and putting your feet up and maybe you're still with your family or whoever, you know, is in your life. Maybe you're still actively involved in conversation, whatever, but you can like stop your body and just let it rest your mind. And really, truly, there's nothing perfect. The only perfection that has ever been on this planet was Jesus. And that is what the whole point of Christmas is. It's a giant worldwide birthday party for him, right? So Nothing's going to be perfect except him. He already did it. He is perfect. He was perfect. And that's what we get to celebrate with all of our beautiful imperfection. So I want to just kind of let you off the hook. I'm letting you off the hook. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to produce anything perfect. You don't have to create anything perfect. Like our first Christmas with our firstborn and I wanted to make matching pajamas for him and my husband. And although I gotta say, okay, first of all, I'm not a sewer, never gonna be a sewer. I just kind of dabble in sewing things. I do have a sewing machine, but the pajamas for our little one didn't come out that bad, honestly, but the ones for my husband, <laughs> We still joke that I'm not sure what happened because I don't do math well and I cannot use patterns. I get like sewing patterns. So I just kind of, I, I winged it and the top, his shirt top was the giantest scoop neck you've ever seen. It basically went like shoulder to shoulder. And the other day we were trying to tell someone about this and we're both just laughing our heads off. And he goes, you know, you know that year, you know that thing, like that, that giant scoop like scoop neck thing that you made. And I was like, I know. And I promised you I would never make anything you had to wear ever again. Just be present. Presence so much better than perfect. That starts with prioritizing what's important, planning with flexibility baked in, 
and getting your rest and remembering what the season really is. It's a worldwide birthday party for Jesus's birthday because he is perfect. He already filled that role. You don't have to. Food for thought. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Real Deep Stuff. Follow us and subscribe to save your seat at the table for the next conversation. Also, check out our Facebook page to continue the conversation on today's topic. We'll see you there.